Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. Since uh, the past week or two, uh, the Lord, as, as I've been sensing His presence and trying to listen out for Him and, and what He wanted to communicate, uh, over us this morning, um, it's this thing that I have, I have sadly missed so often, and I'm wondering how many of you have, may have missed it as well. And it's that um, healing, physical healing, and how Jesus does that, and, and compassion are, are separate things, but that they are intrinsically tied to one another. Um, so, so much so that nearly every healing story in the New Testament mentions the compassion of Jesus. And I think I've failed to see just how connected they are together. And in light of not going back on my own word and just transferring information, I think um, it's important for us to remember because you, you you might have heard uh, teaching similar to this in the past that the, um, the Greek word for compassion that Jesus uses is splunknismai. And what splunknismai is, is this feeling that Jesus has towards people that's um, his guts. Do you hear it in the Greek, splunk, spleen, splunk, nismai? And so when the scripture says, he went ashore in Matthew 14, 14, he saw a great multitude and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. What, the, what, what Matthew is saying there, what Matthew is conveying to us, is that Jesus feels this so inside of himself towards us, towards men and women. The Hebrew word, and we'll almost be done with all the technical stuff, I promise. The Hebrew word for compassion is wonderful because it, it, it the meaning carries through from the Hebrew in the Old Testament to the Greek in the New Testament. And a little bit in English, but it's a stretch. But the Hebrew word for, um, for compassion is rechemen. God has rechemen. And what's interesting about the Hebrew word is that um, it's it's similar in all ways. It's only different by like one syllable for the Hebrew word for womb, which is rachem, the, the womb. Um, and then the stretch in English is that um, it's, it's what we call 50% of the species. Do you hear it? Woman. You hear it? That's why we call women, woman, womb. And so this definition of compassion, the way that God cares for us as men and women, is so linked, 
is so linked to like the inward parts, the, um, the care that a mother shows to the baby in utero. What could be more compassionate in the way that God set up and designed even in our physical bodies? Paul says that the Father is to be blessed because he's the Father of mercies, of all comfort. The Father of all mercy, all compassion. And the writer of Hebrews tells us we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with us. And so the big, huge question the huge question over all of us this morning is do we feel how do we experience how do we experience that when we hear that God desires he feels Jesus feels compassion for you for me, do we understand? Because I think I think we understand that um, if we if you followed Jesus for any length of time, I think we understand. Yeah, for God so loved the world, John three sixteen. We'll see it behind the goalposts today, maybe. Um, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I think, I think we jive with that. I think we say, yeah, God feels compassion for everyone. But then there seems to be this disconnect when it comes to speaking of ourselves that God feels that way towards me and you. That he feels compassion. So deeply towards us that from the beginning when, when everything was broken and everything was shattered in the garden and Men and women turned, and um, the, the, uh, the introduction of, of rebellion and sin enters the world through our choice. That, that we begin to turn, we begin to walk from God, and the brokenness that just trickles out and becomes a flood, and so now everything we see is stained with it, and we can't get it off of our hands, away from our world. That when we see Jesus hit the scene, we say, yeah, you know, he, he's come to turn the tide and to set people free and to reverse the, the curse of sin 
in the world through his death and his resurrection for the whole entire world, for the whole of creation, every blade of grass, every you know, one of eight billion people who are on the planet and who have ever lived. Yeah, God wants to do that and introduce new creation and what the life that he brings and and, and reverse all of what was before. And to, and, to, and to say, as Paul says, you know, um, death, where is your sting? It's been swallowed up in the victory of Jesus' resurrection. And we get all on board for that. But then when it comes to thinking about that for ourselves and, and how God wants to heal all of creation, we seem to disassociate our personal selves from that equation. You see, Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm like, maybe that's difficult for me because I'm all on board with, yeah, you want to save the whole thing, like every single thing. But somehow when the Lord's gaze turns to me and says, you, you're part of the stew as well. You, you too, Eben. I want to heal you. And then the Lord's voice comes, and not out of guilt or shame, but more of love and kindness. Do you believe, Evan? Do you believe that I want to heal you so much more than you desire healing for yourself? That his heart is so rachem, his, his heart is so splunk nizmai towards you, that he wants to heal you And when we talk about healing, we're talking about holistic, mind, body, spirit, physically, emotionally. He wants to set the crooked things straight to bring everything under his kingdom rule and reign. Right? Eden. Eden. Original design. That's where we're headed. Back to the garden. Just Jesus as king, not Adam. That I want to do, Eben, I want to do that in you. And I want that. I desire that so much more than you ever could. And I think I fail to see that so often. And moved with compassion, with Splunk Nisma, moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. And immediately they regained their sight and followed him. And moved with compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. And he came up and touched the coffin and the bearers came to a halt and he said, young, young man, I say to you, arise. He said to him, go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. It's so tied to compassion healing is. And understanding God's heart of compassion should inspire us to have faith that God wants the sick healed much more than we do. Sarah and I were having a conversation at this wonderful coffee shop the other day. And we're going to move into some worship. Um, but oftentimes, I think this thing with healing and compassion, and I do believe that God uh, wants to move in physical healing this morning. He was real, I, I just sensed him really strong this week 
that there would be folks who came in one way, whether it's headaches, um, emotional pain, um, cancer, um, respiratory issues, rheumatoid arthritis, all those are just like easy peasy for him. And he wants it more than we do a lot of times, but that he will show up in the room and he'll begin to move on us and some will walk away different than as they came in. That we'll experience his healing, right? Less about transfer of information, more about beholding his presence and just how wonderful Jesus is. That he walked around without any conditions or laying guilt on a single person. That he didn't expect an exchange or transaction as he administered healing to men and women. Isn't that astounding? Isn't Jesus wonderful that he never did that? Not once, not once, with all of the people. Think of how many thousands of people, and continuing on to this day, think of how many thousands of people went to Jesus for healing, and he healed them all. And not once did he require anything back from them or lay guilt on them, or like those people owed him something because he had healed them. All from a place, that's what it means, that that Jesus healed people with compassion. That he moved in that. We would never have anything we could offer in return for healing that we could give him. And the the example is Judas. Jesus knew Judas would betray him. And the question is, would we still befriend the people we knew would hurt us and betray us? Would we still love them? If we knew. Because the answer for Jesus is yes, every time. He did it every time. Even though he knew People would betray him. Peter would deny him. Walk away, say, I don't even know the man. That's how deep compassion runs in the heart of Jesus. It's boundless. It's endlessly deep love. Here's the problem. The problem is that we're not like that with others. That I expect payment in return a lot of times. We obligate people, we guilt people, we shame people. We feel we're owed in return if we show love to people. Because it costs us something to show it. So we feel like we're entitled to the same thing in return. And I suppose that's why Jesus says, love your neighbors as yourself, because he knows that we don't. 